Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast, Monday night edition. And tonight I have a special guest with me. Who who are you? I'm his wife, Elizabeth Richard. <laughs> uh, usually you guys know on Monday nights I'm solo. But tonight Liz uh, needed to be there because we're talking about something that she's very familiar with and that she's observed throughout the years. Tonight we're going to talk about how to deal with trolls, moles, and online haters. And the reason I'm talking about this is because um, recently I had a dream. I had a dream during the night and uh, God showed me a fellow minister, someone who's uh, in ministry, a friend of mine, who was uh, doing something in the dream that was exhausting himself. He was exhausting himself. And when I woke up and I knew in my dream that if he didn't stop doing that certain thing, that he was going to uh, have a, a ministerial burnout, a ministry burnout, they yeah. call it. And uh, I contacted that person. I said, look, I had a dream and here's what the dream was about. And and um, I really felt in my spirit that this was very important, but not only for that per, that one person, because the, the, the problem of dealing with online haters and trolls uh, is a very, very real one that is affecting many, many leaders. Just a few weeks ago, I was uh, mm -hmm. uh, talking with a veteran a veteran pastor uh, who's been in ministry for, for decades, and he was telling me that the toughest thing he ever had to deal with in ministry were people. And of course, that comes with the territory. I mean, if you're doing ministry, if you're a pastor especially, uh, dealing with people is the most exhausting part of your job, but the most necessary one as well. Uh, but uh, it can lead to all sorts of problems. I, I mean, so many problems. I, I think I remember reading a biography of John Calvin, who hated uh, what he called people problems. Imagine John Calvin, uh, the, the great French theologian. <laughs> he hated people problems, and yet he was in ministry. But that's something I think that's that's uh, relatable to all pastors, everybody in ministry, nobody likes to be hated. We all want to be liked. We all want to be appreciated. We all want that pat on the back, people uh, saying what a great job we're doing, because this is just the way of human nature. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, though, this is not reality. Of course, if you are in ministry, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's probably been people uh, throughout the, the years that you've been doing this that have come against you and sometimes very, very vehemently with, with a lot of venom. Uh, and it can be very, very draining and very hard. So that we're, we're going to deal with that. And uh, before we dive in this subject, I, I just want to mention that when I, when, I, uh, when I got started, I remember I used to read uh, in my Bible, James chapter 3, verse 1, which says, and I'm going to read it to you, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly or more severely, depending on the version. And I remember reading that as a young, uh, as a young uh, guy wanting to to, to become a, a Bible teacher. And I was like, oh, I, I know that you know, if I take the mantle of teaching and I and I teach the Bible someday, and when I meet God face to face, He's going to judge me more severely. And of course, I think James really wrote it. Uh, in, in that sense. That's the way you should read the, the verse, the passage. And yet I soon found out that the being judged more severely wasn't only going to be done by God. <laughs> There's a lot of people that will judge you more severely if you're teaching, because when you're teaching, you're, you, you're, uh, you're 
you have a platform, you are an easy target, especially online. There's, uh, do you agree that since the online world has opened up the way it has, yeah. it, the teachers and preachers and, and people who have a platform online are really easy targets and it's so uh, vicious. Yeah, so, so vicious. people, well, I think the, you know, the fact that you're not in the person's face directly, it's a lot easier to say how you feel and say what you think um, online. And it also, <laughs> and a lot of these people that normally would never even go to your church, um, you know, will stumble up upon your live or on YouTube and then will comment their thoughts, not even knowing your ministry or, you know. Sometimes, sometimes they don't even know your last name. They, they just want to like pop up to disagree. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen a lot of that, you know, a lot of people that you could just tell by their comment that they have no idea, you know, what your ministry is about and, and anything that you teach and they just land on one video and then just have like an opinion about it. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, wisdom that needs to be, um, needs to be used in uh, dealing with uh, criticism. And, you know, um, I think this is a really good topic to do because with leaders, depending on how big your audience is and how much um, mail you get, a lot of uh, emails, you know, can be sent to you as well um, by opinionated people. Um, it's really important as the body of Christ to know you know, what, what is, what are you supposed to do and what are you not supposed to do? Um, and the reason I say this is because Christians seem to have this, um, you know, idea that they have to be perfect, mm -hmm. that they have to represent Christ in a perfect way. And it's like, they're thinking all the time, I have to always speak in love to everybody yeah. all the time because, you know, Jesus is watching kind of thing. And um, and so I think you're really going to appreciate this study because we really dive deep into, um, you know, what we believe is is, is truth in this area. And I, I think it's going to really bless you and take a lot of pressure off of uh, off of your shoulders. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, in Matthew 24, Jesus said he was talking about the end times and he said the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold. He didn't specify Christian or non-Christian, believer or not. He said, the love of many will grow cold. Yeah. And I think that's so apparent. And uh, a couple, a few months ago, I saw a video by a, a sister uh, in, in Christ who is in ministry with her husband. And she did a really heartfelt video. She was crying. Uh, so it was very emotional. But she was going online just because she she felt overwhelmed with the hate. Yeah. So she was, she was crying on the video and she was saying, I... I never expected to see so much hate coming from the body of Christ yeah. against our ministry just because they disagree. And I mean, I, it, it's, it's mind boggling to me that, that people should show hate like that when they disagree, because let's be honest, I've been in my years uh, as a Bible teacher, as someone who loves to study the word of God, there's not one teacher in my whole lifetime and I've been studying the scriptures seriously since I was about 19 years old. There's not one teacher that I've come across that I agree with 100%. Now, imagine if all those hundreds of teachers that I've listened to. If By the I way, he's 46, just so you know. Oh, yeah, I kind of look young, especially with that new haircut <laughs> that my wife gave so me. So it's been a while. It's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 46 years old. But imagine if I had taken the time to write a, a letter to every, every single one of those teachers on all the points that I disagree. 
not only is it exhausting for me, but it's exhausting for the person doing the teaching too. If if they get if they were to get letters from every single person who disagrees with them, because there, there's there's, I mean, it's just completely insane how people just can't. You know, that someone someone once said, when you're online, it's perfectly okay to just keep scrolling when you disagree. Move along. Move, just move <laughs> along. It does. It, it's okay. You don't have to pop up and 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 give your. I disagree with what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's a way to do it. And that's not what this, uh, this episode is about. Of course, there's a way to do it. And if you are doing it in love, which is very rare, but if you're doing it in love or, or because you have some, some value to add that, that I've had, I've had people, uh, come up to me online and they had value to add. In other words, they had information, they had insight and that's something they wanted to, 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 to share that was interesting for the group or for the or for me that then that's great and i do that too when i have something that i feel oh that they, they're going to like to know this they're going to enjoy knowing about that reference mm-hmm. or that book or that insight or that verse or that nugget but otherwise if it's just a disagree you should keep you should hold your peace unless again and there's a way to do this it's it's to exhort the brother. It's sometimes you see you're going to see that as well. A brother or sister doing online stuff where they're going against the word of God in a very clear way, and in your spirit you feel the Holy Spirit giving you a warning, a nudging to to write to them in love to redress them or exhort them. Well, there's a way to do that as well, which is not what we're going to go in right now. We're really tonight. We really want to talk to those leaders who have been dealing with attackers, people coming against them and hurting their feelings, hurting their ministry, getting hate mail, getting getting uh, death threats. threats. I've seen death threats recently. Which is really, really awful. This is crazy coming from the body of Christ from Mm. quote unquote Christians or believers uh, I doubt, I got a doubt about that. I mean, if you're saved and you're sending death threats, uh, I doubt your salvation. Seriously. I mean, seriously. Uh, there's a classic book written by Jonathan Edwards called Charity and Its Fruits. Charity and Its Fruits. And in that book, there's a chapter that Jonathan Edwards, uh, imagine that. So that's nothing new. Jonathan Edwards lived in the 1700s. That's interesting. He wrote a book yeah. about that, and there's a chapter in that book where he addresses people coming, attacking them and coming against them. So it's nothing new. It's nothing new. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of in old English, but I'm going to read to you the excerpt that I took out because it's so good. So Jonathan Edwards wrote this in the book, Charity and Its Fruits. Men that have their spirits heated and enraged and rising in bitter resentment when they are injured, act as if they thought some strange thing had happened to them. Whereas they are very foolish in so thinking, for it is no strange thing at all, but only what was to be expected in a world like this. They, therefore, do not act wisely that allow their spirits to be ruffled by the injuries they suffer. So what's simply what Jonathan Edwards is saying here, is guys, you got to expect it. We live in a fallen world full of sinful people, and there's you're gonna have people disagreeing with you sometimes very violently, vehemently. So you can't be surprised by that. Now, that said, there's a way to deal with it, uh, and that, that said, also, I'm not minimizing the hurt that it can cause, I'm not minimizing the the, the deep pain that these attacks can cause sometimes because they some, some of them are really bad. So we're going to talk a little bit about trolls, Liz. Trolls. 
and I'm not talking about those <laughs> little demonic beings in, in the fairy tale books. Uh, the new rendition of trolls <laughs> is, is something that most people are familiar with. But I took it from Wikipedia because I know what a troll is, but I'm like, I really want to kind of like describe it in a way that people are going to be like, yeah, that's a troll. There you go. So <laughs> Wikipedia says in internet, in internet slang, a troll is a person who starts flame wars or intentionally upsets people on the internet. Both the noun and the verb forms of troll are associated with internet discourse. However, the word has also been used more widely. Media attention in recent years has equated trolling with online harassment. Online harassment, and it, it's, it's uh, a th This it's is a nothing thing. new. This is nothing new. I mean, in churches we had, you know, uh, women that were jealous of each other that would just, you know, start bickering and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's the spirit of calamity and they're yakking and, and trying to take down another person that they're jealous of or they want a certain person's ministry. They're jealous that the, the pastor chose a certain person or gives more attention to a certain person. I mean, this goes on and on in churches, right? And it's awful. I mean, it's it shouldn't exist. We should all be there to encourage each other and be happy and uplift each other and understand that, you know, we all have an important role in God's kingdom to play, whether it's in church or out, out of church, right? Yeah. But uh, trolls really, I think it's, it's very, um, I think the way we have to see them is really people that uh, need, are in desperate need of attention. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're oftentimes people that don't get any attention. They're bitter, they're angry. Some of them, you know, hate anything to do with God because of uh, something that they dealt with in the past. So they're just there to nitpick and just, you know, you're wrong, you're wrong. And they'll never study whatever it is you're talking about. They just want to say that you're wrong and, and that they're right and their opinion matters and yours doesn't. And they just want to cause anger. And I think, uh, I also think they're dangerous because, because of their hurt wounds, because mm. of their, um, uh, you know, past of whatever it is that, uh, created this bitterness and this uh, anger inside of them, uh, the devil can easily use these people to try to say hurtful things. And it's not always the person itself, but it's the spirit behind the person mm -hmm. that's trying to get to you. And so, you know, that's why these these trolls don't need any attention because oftentimes they're not, um, you know, they're, they're operating in the spirit that's, uh, that the devil may use just to get to you, just mm -hmm. to affect your mindset. Absolutely. And, and I like the point you were making about the church thing, because it, that's I mean, it's always been we've always had people like that causing divisions. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 um, it's clear from the New Testament that there are people like that, that it's and it's been addressed. Uh, but back back then, <laughs> before the Internet trolls, mm -hmm. it was murmuring in church. Yeah. So in other words, rarely. But it does happen. But sometimes that the person will will come in the pastor's office and upset and then start, you know, yelling or something. It, it does happen, but it's more rare. And it was more murmuring, like causing division, yeah. talking behind the pastor's back or behind so-and-so's mm -hmm. back and, and causing division. But with the advent of the internet and uh, the social media and, and, and then the trolling uh, phenomena, now it's, they have the safety of a screen and a keyboard and they don't have to be in your face. So the venom is just all, all out. It's just yeah, all exactly. out. It's excess, and excessively it's, vicious. And it, exactly. And it's because it's all has to do with their past wounds that are coming forth. Spirit of rejection, yeah. you know, um, spirit of religion, 
yeah. blinding them and they just can't see straight. And then they just feel like they need to accuse you, whatever it is you're teaching. They just feel like they have to accuse Cause, cause, you cause and that gives you're them wrong. that sense of self-righteousness yeah. by doing that. Yeah. And there, we could go into psychology behind all of it because there's tons of, of, of stuff that, that you can um, identify mm -hmm. in those things. But there are many reasons why people can be haters. And I jotted some down here. Uh, reasons people will hate. Well, you have something that they don't. They need to put you down to feel good about themselves. That's a that's an obvious one. Uh, they want to be the center of attention. Liz mentioned that. They are bitter about something. She mentioned that as well. They lose sight of contentment. That's a, that's one that we don't see all the time. Like they lose sight of contentment. They're just discontented and they're trying to get satisfaction by riling up people or getting people uh, to lose their, their cool. Yeah. Or getting attention on your broadcast because for example, um, you know, they're going to comment and then somebody else is going to comment. And so what happens is, um, you know, everybody's attention is on what's happening on the feed and nobody's paying attention to what the guy's saying in front. All of a sudden it's, you know, let's defend whoever's on this broadcast because we love this guy. We love listening to him. And then next thing you know, um, you know, we have this have like online on battle, <laughs> this, this online battle of, you know, back and forth, back and forth with verses and comments and the guy in the front's like trying to get his teaching out and nobody's listening. Right. But, so but there's the joke. You know, also, the devil operates that way there's too. A, there's a joke I saw online. It was, um, if you want to start a fight on the internet, number one, post an opinion and number two, wait. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Another reason people hate, they stop counting their blessings and start counting the blessings of others. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. A nice quote here that I have. Haters will see you walk on water and say that it's because you can't swim. <laughs> and of course, we know that the master, Jesus himself, warned us. He said, if they hated me... They're gonna hate you also, so don't get don't don't get uh, deluded. Yeah. Don't don't get ideas of grandeur. If they hated me, they're gonna hate you too. And Jesus. And the bigger the hated. audience, the more haters. And the bigger the audience, the more haters. That's very true as well. Yeah. And he had for three and a half years. Jesus had his fan club of haters. I mean, they the Pharisees they trolled. They didn't have internet back then, but they trolled him for three and a half years. And they were behind him everywhere he went. Yeah. And they, they just, uh, I wrote here, they harassed him. They stalked him. They attacked him. They tested him. And on a couple of occasions, they even tried to kill him. But it wasn't his time, so he just walked past them. Mm -hmm. But man, they, they, they never let down. They never let up. They always were after him. But notice how Jesus, it was very interesting, only when he was put to the test, and, and, and he knew he was being tested. Christ knew. But he never really took the time to educate them. Mm. And that I thought was fascinating yeah. because he knew they weren't his audience. Yeah. Jesus was there to feed the sheep. And he, he knew these were wolves in sheep's clothing. Or cheap clothing. No, sheep clothing. <laughs> so he knew there were wolves. And he was not going to take the time to feed these people. He knew who he was there to feed. So, and Jesus told us, and Jesus told us, said, be wise as serpents, wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Mm -hmm. 
So this is a, a very rare combination among today's believers. We got the, the, the harmless as doves ones, and we have the, the wise as serpent ones. But very rarely have I seen believers who combine both qualities. This is a very rare thing. And see, our Lord combined both qualities. Yeah. He was wise as a serpent. He was never caught whenever they tried to, to trick him or mm -hmm. to, to, to put him in a corner. He was never caught. He was wise as a serpent, but he was harmless as a dove. And he was basically saying, be like me. Right. Be like me. And and that's a, that's a thing. I mean, we see Christians, Elizabeth mentioned earlier, how they're, they're trying too hard to be nice. They're trying so, too nice to be harmless as doves. Exactly. And they don't want to hurt feelings. And, and they, they, they want everybody to be happy on their feet. They want nobody vexed, nobody angry. Uh, but that's just unfortunately um, so, impossible. So today's in today's age, that's like writing a two-hour-long post justifying everything that you just taught previously okay. to, you know, basically, you know, like shut them up to show that you have more intelligence than they do. And so Jesus could have easily, you know, wrote, you know, so much information from the kingdom of heaven that could have plugged them all and they would have had nothing to say. Or right? he, could have, he could have spent, I think there's only one instance in the gospels and it's, it's found in Matthew 23 where he really, really comes against them and he, 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 he plugs them, like you just said, like mm -hmm. he, he goes and it's Matthew 23, if I'm not mistaken, the woes to the Pharisees. The yeah. woes, you want to read a chapter that's going to blow your mind, read the woes to the Pharisees. That's that's Jesus who had enough. He had had enough. They had been trolling him for, for a long time. And uh, I think that's when, it's when he came out like that. I think that's when they really took the decision. We're going to put this guy to death. And you know what? That's no different than today in the sense that these, these Pharisees were operating in a religious spirit. Yeah. So, you know, like people today identify, they'll say, well, we don't have Pharisees. No, but you have people that have a religious spirit that are coming to criticize your ministry yeah. and tell you that, you know, what you're teaching is ungodly for whatever reason, or just don't agree with the theology or the doctrine or whatever it is. So there's always going to be somebody that's going to disapprove of what you're teaching because there's so many varieties now of lanes of Christianity and denominations. And I mean, I'm, you know, it's like, it's crazy. You know, back in the day, it was a lot more simpler, but. But Daniel said in Daniel 12, 4, he said, uh, people shall go to and fro, talking about the end times, people shall go to and fro. And I see, I always see airplanes when he says that, or cars and on a highway. Yeah. And knowledge shall increase. Mm -hmm. But until then, seal the books. So this is very interesting. Uh, knowledge shall increase. And you said many lanes in Christianity. And we had a brother, a friend this week who was uh, preaching about that. Mm -hmm. He was saying, uh, and he was prophesying actually. And the spirit of God through his prophecy, very interesting, was saying that people all think that they have the truth. They think that their certain denomination, or their uh, their piece of the pie, that that's the truth. They, they have yeah. the rightful uh, truth and the handle on the truth. And the spirit of God through this man was saying, but I have hidden my truth in many different places. Mm -hmm. And and we always jokingly talk when we talk amongst ourselves, we're always saying uh, we can't pitch our tent anywhere and say, I'm pitching my tent here. And what I mean by that is, is if, if you have a particular denomination, there's nothing wrong with that. 
but don't pitch your tent in your particular denomination and their statement of faith and their theological beliefs and become static and become rebellious to learning new truths as where God, as God leads. Because when you pitch your tent, you're basically saying, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm setting up camp. This is where I'm staying. But you don't want to do that. We, we are pilgrims. Pilgrims are always on the move. We're pilgrims here on the earth. So we're supposed to be always on the move. And that includes in areas and lanes of truth where God wants to bring us from glory to glory, knowledge to knowledge. Yeah. And he wants to add layers of knowledge to what you already know and build up on that. So it's very, very important. And the problem is we become puffed up. We become arrogant. We become so proud and sure of ourselves. How dare we? think, and I used to be like that, so I know what I'm talking about. That's where I, I'm coming from. I used to think that I had, oh man, I had it. I had the truth. I had a handle on truth. I had pitched my tent at a certain level, and I criticized everybody who was underneath that level, or so I thought, and I criticized everybody who was outside of that level, and I and, and I thought they, they were wrong, and they were, I even yeah. called them names. Well, and the not, reason, not and the, the reason face, that but, a lot yeah. of us have done that in the past is because we've seen our pastors do that. You know, a lot of our pastors have had opinions about other denominations, and they're, you know, ungodly for this and this reason, and this and that and that. Yeah. And that's very, very dangerous to go down that road, because um, first of all, it shows a very big scarcity mindset. That the pastor has now because he's scared yeah. that you know that 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 his audience is going to start looking elsewhere. Yeah. So he wants to make sure that doesn't happen. So he has to diss all the other denominations. Oftentimes, that's the root of it. Even if he says, you know, that he he doesn't want you guys to dabble into this because it's dangerous. But um, you know, I think it's really important. We've we've said this many times on our broadcast to pray and ask God Himself. For the truth, truth in all, in all things, things. Yes. and you know, um, I've had times where I've was really seeking God and saying, you know, what's the next step? What's the next step that I have to learn, Lord? And um, you know, he, oftentimes I would have a word during the night, and one of those words that I had for just to give you an example was courts of heaven. Now I had no idea what this meant. Mm. I woke up, courts of heaven, courts of heaven. And so I started digging. What are the courts of heaven? What is this? And, um, and she told me, she says, what, what are the courts of heaven? Well, I said that that's where God makes decisions. But I didn't really know much about yeah. it either. I mean, I, I I knew of certain scriptures where it's but spoken I, of. I knew it was my next assignment because of the specific prayer that I had asked him. So I started doing research and then I found uh, content on Robert Henderson on the courts of heaven, which he I, there's others that have taught it, but he's basically he built his whole ministry on it. Yeah, he's the foundational person that it, that really, really explains it very well, right? And so the Lord wanted me to do some research and to learn about the courts of heaven. That was my my next assignment, if you want. And so, you know, I would have never if I didn't pray and ask for the truth and ask God to show me what He wants me to learn. Then you know I could just say, well, that's prophetic, and that's this, and that's that, and I'm against that, and whatnot, and I would never get, you know, I would never move forward. Or maybe you could have gone like, well, that's all legal stuff. I don't need to know all that. All I need is faith in God, and I've got enough with that. And but yet the Lord brought you to that lane yeah. of knowledge. It's a lane. There's so many lanes, but He brought you, her to that particular yeah. one. 
because he wanted me to learn more about that. And so there were things that we've learned while we were listening to that were like, oh, wow, like epiphany, like, wow, we're, you know, we didn't even know this existed. And we were like, our minds were blown. And, and that's just an example. And God's done that through the years, many, many times, many times yeah. with us where he's brought us in different areas so that we'd learn different things that are in the Bible to understand the Bible, you know, and give us clarity and truths and revelation and certain things that we just didn't understand, you know? So, so that's just an example of how um, it's really important to not be closed minded and to really ask God to show you the truth. And I'm going to say something here. It's not because you believe something that was taught to you as truth to be the truth. And you've believed it for the last 25 years that it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going with this. Sometimes see, you were sometimes very, you were deceived we're, for 25 years. Sometimes we're, and we're, we're sincere. We are yeah. convinced. We know that we know that we know that this is the truth. And we've believed it for the last 20, 25 years. And lo and behold, the Lord does a new thing and he shows us the error of our ways. But then you look back and you're like, Ooh, for the last 25 years, I've blasted everybody who didn't believe like me, or I called them names, or I've been mean to some, or I've been, then you realize that, oh boy, okay, I better, I better start letting myself be led mm-hmm. into new lanes and new areas of truth. But I can, we're kind of going on a rabbit trail here, but I think it's necessary to, to say, because I think a lot of haters come from that, that position where they're so convinced that what they believe is the truth. Uh, and the, the, the other guy uh, has the heresy and that comes from arrogance. Deception. It comes from, from some deception, arrogance and um, uh, pride. pride. Yeah. And I think it's also important to pray. I mean, when I was starting to see these things because God was bringing me, um, for example, in the lane more of the, to the words, the lane of the prophetic, which was something that I had never um, learned about. And I was more of a Pentecostal even Baptist background, um, I asked, I, you know, I asked God to remove any spirit of religion that would be on me, blinding me. And I asked for the, for discernment, you know, to, to really understand what is his truth, what is not, because in, in these lanes, you know, you do have some false prophets and you do have things that are false and you don't want to go down that road, but you want to stay on the road that he wants to teach you what, yeah. is, you know, what is the truth. So that's where the journey begins. Right. And so I think it's really important if you think that that might be affecting your judgment or you want to just be sure that you're really learning the truth that he wants you to learn, that you ask that you ask him to remove any of that, if there is anything blinding you, any spirit of religion or anything like that. Absolutely. But all, all this to say as well is that when you do get haters and you know where they've been, because you know where they are because you've been there, mm-hmm. you know, it can also help you to have more compassion and say, you know what, I know that it's harsh what this person is saying, but I can understand because I did, I was closed minded like that and yeah. try to see it as, you know, them not knowing better than just taking it personal. Yeah. And it's happened to me many times when, when mm-hmm. I, some people came against me and I was like, wow, that's exactly how I used to think. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't uh, go back and, and lash out against them because they're, they're where I was 10 years ago. And I get it. I, yeah. I totally get it because when I was there, I thought exactly like them and I was just as, um, uh, adamant about what I what I believed. Mm-hmm. So you you mentioned earlier avoiding burnout or, or ministerial burnout by, for example, um, trying to defend your point. And I've seen that uh, 
people they, they have a platform someone comes against them maybe some they might post a blog against them they might post a, a very bad comment on their social media about them that can go viral sometimes and i get that but but it can lead you down a path of ministerial burnout if you're not careful because then you're going to get fall in the trap of okay i'm going to spend uh two hours of my time three hours of my time or a whole day writing a big blog post justifying why I said so-and-so or why 10 years ago I used to believe so-and-so or why this or why that. Or a lot of people do rant videos. So they rant, they videos, rant yeah. about a certain thing oh, man, I've seen that. and they go on and on saying their frustration about whatever it is that those trolls were saying about them or their ministry. And this is one thing that a lot of Christians don't understand. You know, when you're, when you learn entrepreneurship, um, your mindset completely changes when it comes to, um, building an audience and the criticism that goes with it because entrepreneurs are people that um, start something. So they, they start a business, they start something, they're innovators and oftentimes trailblazers. So whatever they're bringing forth is new and they expect criticism because a lot of people can't deal with yeah. new things, right? So they know that it's part of, of, of the um, process and they expect it and a lot of them those that are successful is because they were able to move past it. Mm. They were able to act like they are, they're like ducks and it's, it's just water. water off their back and no big deal. Like I'm moving forward. This is my vision. I'm going for it. And that's it. And Christians need to have more of this mindset, especially um, when it comes to leadership and ministry, because your vision is what God has called you to do and nothing else should be sidetracking you. And you shouldn't let the devil bring these people. I mean, I've even, I've even seen witches, you know, comment on feeds and I knew they were witches mm. and they're just there to cause trouble. They're just there to, you know, s s do their incantations and stuff against you and get everybody riled up. And those people need to be blocked like right away, you know, and like pray, pray it off, you know, yeah. but a lot of these people will get so riled up that, you know, then they're angry and the spirit of anger gets to them. And then some of them even they're fall hurt. into depression yeah. because it just burns them out fighting and fighting and fighting. Well, per speaking of burnout, and I like that you're bringing that up. It says in Daniel 725, Daniel 725 speaks of the Antichrist. And it says this, and he shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high he shall wear them out so when you're being worn out that's the spirit of antichrist coming against you and and when i see uh, fellow believers in ministry wearing themselves out about some someone that came against them writing a, a three-page blog or, or a, a super long reply or exhausting themselves trying to to, mm -hmm. to, to reply back to these people. They're being worn out. Yeah. And that is very tricky. Now, I mean, you can do that sometimes, but don't make it a practice. Don't, don't like, you have to learn, like you said, to be a duck, like it's water running off your back. And those who have huge platforms, I know I've noticed that, uh, the, 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 big, the big names in ministry that have huge platforms, uh, hundreds of thousands of followers, they don't do that. No, I never noticed. I've noticed they never take the time to give replies to the haters, and they have tons of haters because they the, the haters multiply. The more people even, you've got, the even more on sponsored ads that they do for their ministry for whatever it is the book that they're selling, they don't even do it on they their don't. ads. No, and they don't waste their time. And you know, 
you know, the, the importance is really to um, stay in that zone of vision of where God is calling you and what you're supposed to be teaching and to understand that you can't please everybody. You just can't. No. And, you know, everybody thinks like, you know, because you're a Christian, you always have to show love and you have to, you know, answer those people because, you know, maybe they don't fully understand what you're teaching and they, it's like your job to enlighten that yeah. one person. Sometimes silence is the best thing. It's but best sometimes thing. you're just going to waste your time. You're going to burn yourself out. And on, unfortunately, a lot of these people have made up their minds. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter if you write a three uh, page blog and send it to them. Uh, about your opinion it doesn't matter because they've made their opinion and mm -hmm. you're you're wrong and they're right exactly and so you're just going to waste your time unfortunately yeah i jotted this down i thought it was interesting if the devil can't hurt you or beat you he'll make sure you wear yourself out mm -hmm. uh, now liz you mentioned witchcraft trolls witchcraft trolls and, and I, yeah. I think that's important to mention because there are there's your regular trolls but you got these trolls on steroids, and those are the when you're ministry. I, I actually and had those an are the witchcraft. I actually had an experience with one. Um, well, there's there's several, and I know where some of them hang out, and um, they they're really using social media. I can tell oh, you yeah. that they're really using that to their advantage. But one of them um, was on a a video of a. It's actually somebody that's uh, very patriotic that I was listening to, and um, and she happened to be on that. Um, on that thread warning people of this person that was patriotic, that he was brainwashed and that every Christian that listens to him, he, they're, they're to completely brainwashed and uh, you know, that they're deceived and whatnot. And so I just kind of commented on her reply and I just said, well, uh, what makes you say that he's, that we're all deceived. Did you do any of your own research? Because obviously I could tell just by the way she was talking, she did no research and she was just there to troll. And, and then that's when the Holy Spirit showed me that she was a witch and she was just there to cause mm. trouble. And then guess what she did? She went on my profile and she started laughing at all my ministry videos. She didn't, you know, and she started commenting that started I was like a, your stuff. a cracker and that I was like a patriotic nut, Christian wacko and this and that. And so, you know, like... I didn't do anything wrong. And she just, she was just there. That's, that was her thing. And, you know, a lot of Christians would really like, this would really get to them and they'd be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, they're laughing about my ministry and this and that, and how dare she and this and that get all riled up. But mm -hmm. that's what the devil wants. Mm -hmm. the, the devil wants to just get to you however he can. And, you know, sometimes we, we underestimate these things because it's, it's a, a target at your mindset, right? But over time, if you have enough of those and you're battling with enough of those, then it does get to you. And if you, you know, you go through a rough patch in your ministry or something happens in your church or you're, whatever, you're then you're vulnerable and the devil knows it. So he's going to try to wear you out mentally. Yeah. So don't don't be deceived. This is a real thing. There's mental attacks like this and Absolutely. they know it works and they try to do it. So you got to rebuke it. you got to rebuke any negative thought that comes to you and especially see when we see it written when you read it it's like real in your mind right yeah. and but the devil also works like that when he's whispering and saying negative things to you and you're like oh that's just my negative mindset because i just don't feel well today no it's not your negative mindset it really is a, a, a you know an attack on your mindset and you'll notice that if you let it you let it get 
get to you day after day, day after day, day after day, eventually you're going to crumble and you're going to be depressed. Well, what you're saying is Liz, that the devil is the ultimate troll. Yeah. And, so, and if you listen to John Ramirez, um, I've, I've been listening to him and he's really clarified a lot of things on that aspect about uh, mental strongholds and uh, how the devil operates. And, and it, it, it really is the way they operate. Yeah. And so you have to rebuke those mind. negative thoughts, anything that doesn't align with, um, with God's truth about you, about God's promises for you and your ministry, anything that's uh, like, you know, the opposite of that has to be rebuked automatically. Amen. And Jesus gave the ultimate exhortation when it comes to uh, people like that. Mm -hmm. In Matthew 7, 6, we read, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. This is a huge warning. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, Jesus is calling certain people, comparing them to swine. And see, swine, when, when you give them, your, if the image is very strong, if you give them pearls, they're just going to trample. They won't appreciate pearls. They're just going to trample them under their feet in the mud. And then they're going to turn around and they have big tusks. And swine are very aggressive. So not only will they not appreciate your pearls and they will put them in the mud, but they'll turn around and rend you. They're going to they're gonna rip you up mm. and it's very painful. So basically when you're giving your pearls to, to swine, you're, you're um, putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be attacked and your pearls, which is your wisdom, uh, your exhortations, your words of knowledge, whatever it is, they won't be appreciated because like Liz said, their minds are already made up. So you you best to just move on, just yeah. move on. And, you know, I really like Jesus's example. You know, I was thinking about this and I was looking at his ministry and, you know, Jesus really spoke and preached to those that were hungry. You know, there's a, a saying entrepreneurship, uh, Paul Martinelli, he's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to get to that. It's perfect. That's exactly what I wrote. That's exactly <laughs> we'll say what I it wrote. then, Paul Martinelli. No, no, you say it. It's great. I love it. So, Paul, Paul Mar Martinelli, which uh, used to be the, um, the founder, the president of the John Maxwell team, which we studied from leadership, he he's the one that said, uh, don't give to those who. What do you say to those who need it, but give it to those who want it? So, in other words, he was he was talking about the content we were given at yeah. the John Maxwell team, the leadership content, the personal growth content. We had amazing content that we could present to companies and all that. Yeah. He says, you know, it's going to be very tempting for you after today because he was giving us a big training. It's going to be very tempting after today, since you have access to this great content, to give it to everybody. Why? Yeah. Because everybody needs it. I mean, let's face it. The gospel is the same thing. Yeah. Everybody needs the gospel. Everybody needs the Bible. Everybody needs Jesus. And, and I'm not saying not to give that to everybody as much as you can, but there's a time and a place to do so. And you're going to see that very quickly. There's people that they're just either they're, they're swine or they're in a place in time in your life and in theirs where they're, they're swine. So you don't give them your pearls. It's, you just, it's best to let it go and let someone else give them pearls. Maybe yeah. in two years from now, they'll be ready. You know, maybe it's in five years. But when they cross your path, they just happen to be swine. So you just turn around and don't, and don't do that. But it's tempting when you have gold. I often compare the gospel or the message of, of the Bible and the message of the kingdom 
to, uh, and I was telling that to my mom. I remember I, I used to talk to my mom in those terms. She would say, why are you talking to everybody about that, about the message, uh, about the, the gospel and all that? You're, you're becoming annoying. People, people get angry at you. They, they, they think you're crazy. And I said, mom, this is the way it is. Imagine if you're in a village and in that village, they run out of water and everybody's dying. And one day you're like, well, I'm not. I'm just not going to accept that we're all dying. I'm, I'm just going to, mm -hmm. there's a forest there. I'm going to go see and explore in the forest if I can find food, water, something else outside the village. So you go on a trek. One morning you get up, you go on that trek, and lo and behold, just outside the village, 500 yards, it's super close. There's a crystalline source of water that nobody in the village knew existed. It's 500 yards away. You come back running. You're excited. Everybody, hey, this is, there's a source of water there. But they won't <laughs> listen. They think you're crazy. They think you, you've been too long in the sun or something, that your brain is fried. And they just don't want. But you're, you're insisting. Why are you insisting? Because you see them dying. You see them that they need this life-giving water. Yeah. And that's what I told my mom at the time. I said, that's why I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but I, I think, you know, with what you just said about the swine thing, you know, when it comes to the gospel, it's kind of a little different. Yes, you know, there's a, a question of timing. Yeah. There's a question of, you know, you, you start talking and you see if the person's interested in yeah. listening to you, if they're open. But, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, this verse, I think it's very interesting because I really think it's, it's really talking about, you know, the, that person that want that loves their sin that's not ready to let it go and it doesn't matter what you say it's just a big no they're they bad this, soil they're basically they, bad soil they have this like spirit of no 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 i want nothing to do with this because i'm not ready to let go of my sin so you have the choice to either stop because you know if you don't then when you come back the next time and has start having another conversation they might be at a place where they're like a little more open. Something may have happened in their life. And that's the approach I like to use. Like I like to, you know, if I, I start, I start the conversation, but see what I used to do was when I get a, I hit a wall and the person was like, no, that's, that's all great, Liz. You know, that's your thing, not my thing. And they were just like a no, I kept on pushing, you know, then I was like, but you don't understand. And, and I'd like try to, you know, convince them. Did, that did, did, you, did you do like I did? Like go like, I smell somebody's on fire. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I never did that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then so I realized that over time, this was so the wrong approach. Yeah. You know, and then I completely changed it. You know, when um, it's funny because, you know, ministry and entrepreneurship have a lot of things in common they do and you know in entrepreneurship they always say when you have something to offer that's really great you have the cookie you have a, a, yeah don't waste your time trying to talk to people and convincing them that this cookie is wonderful if they're not ready to listen to talk to you it's just the wrong timing try another time well well what and, they were saying also is look it's a cookie i mean you see the caramel drizzle the chocolate chip it's a cookie like hello I mean, you, but, and they were telling you this because they wanted you to understand that what you were offering was so good and valuable to not waste your time begging someone to have a bite of a chocolate chip melting caramel covered cookie. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you need to do that, there's a problem right exactly. from the get go. Exactly. So, you know, it's better off to come back another time, come back at another opportunity, pray for another opportunity. You can pray for that person. You tried to plant a seed and then, you know, another opportunity will present itself where you'll be able to talk to that person. And so then maybe go a different angle. Maybe there's something else that happened. Maybe, you know, somebody passed away in the family and then they're asking themselves questions. And now all of a sudden they're open to listening to you. Right. But never try to push, um, push Christianity, push Jesus on somebody that's closed minded. That's like, no, like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. And, you know, those are qualified. And and Jesus is calling these people swine. Exactly. And I think it's, it's it's interesting that, he did not waste his time with those people. No, he only spent like most of his mystery when he's talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking to an audience that really is like, tell me more, tell me, tell more. me more. Like I'm drinking these words, Yeah, you know, and this is something that leaders have to understand. You know, your focus has to be to serve those that are thirsty. They're thirsty for what you have to exactly. teach them. Because those are the people that want to grow. Those are the people that are going to make a difference with what you, you're going to teach them. Not those that are, you know, bickering and, and jealous and, you know, just want attention and are angry. And those people aren't going to do anything. For, right. Like they're not, they're not fruitful. They're, they're what you call those dead fig, fig trees, you know. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. They're not going to produce fruit. So there's no point in wasting your time. And Liz, you mentioned earlier uh, that most of these haters, these online trolls, that when they come against you, uh, their mind is made up about you. Mm-hmm. It's it's already made. They're they're hitting right now. Yeah. So they you're not gonna them. you're not gonna fix this. You're not gonna fix this. So uh, here's what I jotted down: their mind is made up about you in 95% of the cases. Number two, they come to you in pride, like full pride, like the full full self righteous. I'm better than full you. Pride, I know all uh, everything. And also remind remind yourself, hurt people hurt people. So you're dealing with someone who's hurt in some way or another. Okay. Some yeah. someone who's now, like, like they call damaged goods. Okay? Now now I will say, like what we've discussed about is like, you know, most of the time this all fits in that category kind of thing, what we're talking about. But there's also the the phenomenon that's going on right now is that there's a really big spirit of division. Mm, and so huge. There's really like um, an exposure happening in the spirit of those that are on fire for God and those that aren't, those that are cold, those that have, um, you know, basically said yes to everything that's God hates and think it's okay. They're lukewarm, because basically. They've yeah. always done it that way and their pastor does it that way and it's okay. And, you know, that's how they're told. And, and so then they meet this on fire Christian that's super patriotic or whatever. And it's like, oh my gosh, like the two worlds collide and it's like, <sighs> right. Yeah. So, um, so now we're, we're even hearing a lot about it on the news because uh, Christians are getting a lot of attention yeah. because they're very verbal about their patriotic side right now, especially in the United States. Right. Um, and so it's really important to, but, but we need to also mention the difference between a patriot and a Christian because there are some patriots who yeah. aren't Christians. Right. Okay. So, and, and it's not because you're a Christian and you're a patriot that you're necessarily right in your right. patriotism, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think what you're saying is that, they, they, for example, a Christian who is against the present government in the United States because 
it it goes against its conviction about abortion, yes. which is righteousness, right? I mean, yeah. you can't say I'm a Christian and be pro-abortion. It doesn't, it, it, it okay. makes no sense. So, so knowing that most Christians that are feeling that way are really, really upset and angry and want to shake the other Christian that is, you know, they want to shake the him, opposite. They want to shake him like this. So, so they, yeah. So they want to shake them into like, wake up, you know, how could you be so deceived and not follow what the Bible says, you know, that to be against murdering and this is never going to be okay and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that's why there is so much division right now. And that's why people are like, I would say even more hot blooded than they used to be. And a lot more hateful with their comments, a lot more, uh, opinionated because well Jesus just because said it he said I'm, com I'm coming to bring a sword yeah so now you've got you know politics and religion and this on fire Christianity all mixed up into one and I really really hate whenever they uh, whenever I hear uh, ministers talking about keep politics and religion separate because God placed laws for a reason mm. and there are still laws that God has placed they're in our universe they are in our world they are in our government and he's the one that in that that created those foundations so don't go telling me that he has nothing to do with the laws and the government and what's going on now yes man that has dominion has ruined a lot of that has mm. corrupted a lot of that but at the source at the foundation if you look at the whole Bible, the God of, the is the kingdom of God is a kingdom of law exactly. and order. That law has never order. changed. There's politics in the kingdom. This is of God. his world. This is his world. Even if the devil is the one that's ruling it right now, it's still his world. And there's things that he put into place that he wants a certain way. And that's not going to change, even if the devil does all the tantrums and whatever uh you know he's doing right now, uh trying to, you know create this the wonderful illusion, illusion using media to uh, you know create this illusion that there's actually a real president elect we all know the truth to that so but we won't get into that but i just want to say you know that's why you have so many christians that are very opinionated and very frustrated right now and you're getting a lot of haters and this and that because <laughs> people are tired of this people are tired of you know their government uh, not following God's will. They're tired of corruption. A lot of them have done their research. A lot of them know what's behind this, that there's a lot of evil entities behind this, a lot of Satanism in government, and they're disgusted and they want it gone and they're praying against this. Mm -hmm. So don't go and say that politics have nothing to do with God because right now there's mass corruption and that's not what God wants. It's never been what God wants. It's never been what God wants for his people. And it's just normal that his people want it out, that they're praying that that God does a cleanup. Yeah. And, you know, it's in this in this case, it's just important to pray that God's will be done, that God's will be done in the government. Uh, you know, you know, corruption has existed long enough. And um, I've heard so many prophecies about this, and I really believe that it's true that uh, and I've heard it myself. I've had prophetic dreams where God told me that he wanted to do a reset. So I know this is for a fact that he's he's wanting this to happen. So I, I believe personally, I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but 
I believe that right now he's in a, an exposure process. He's going to expose a lot of leaders in the government, and he's going to expose a lot of uh, leaders in the church that have been uh, corrupt, that have been doing things that are not of his will. And all those exposures are going to happen mm -hmm. before, um, you know, this whole government thing is stra straightened out. So <laughs> I, I was, was going to say in French, but you're going to see it's, it's going to go and buckle, it's gonna, buckle, buckle up. up because it's going to be a ride. <laughs> buckle up. Yeah, exactly. So hey, let's get back to uh, uh, how to deal with those trolls and internet haters. Uh, I jotted down some really, really good scriptures and categories of, of those uh, situations. So I wrote here when and how to reply, when and how to reply. So in Romans 12, 19, we read, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, yeah. says the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, and when you, you feel that need, and, and feel that need to, to go out and write a blog, or like we've been giving that example a lot, write back an email, or <laughs> become a keyboard warrior yourself, trying to defend, you always need to look at a few things. Number one, what is my motive? Mm -hmm. What is my motive in doing that? This is very important, very self-examinatory. Uh, is your motive protecting yourself? Is your motive keeping your audience as if it was really your audience? You're in ministry. Remember, it's God's audience. And God is using you as a speakerphone. And the people listening to you are basically listening to what God wants them to hear. Mm -hmm. Is it defending yourself? Or even worse, is it proving that you're smarter? Liz alluded to that earlier, proving that you're smarter. Now ask yourself also, would my answer or reply add eternal value? So what kind of value am I adding by replying to this person? Mm -hmm. uh, number three, and that's very important because sometimes, and I'm kind of like that, uh, I'm so used to having trolls or, or people coming against me that that I, I, I as soon as someone replies, I'm like, "Is he trying to pick up a fight?" So, <laughs> is it a polite question? This is sounds obvious, but sometimes the way people formulate their questions might seem like they're questioning you instead of they're asking a question. So you kind of have to make sure: am, am I replying harshly here for absolutely nothing? Is this person asking a genuine question out of curiosity, or yeah. or is this? Because sometimes it's not easy. It's not when easy it's, to understand. Yeah, you got to make sure before you you reply that this so is, always if you're going to reply, go with the polite version, assuming that assuming. the person is asking a real question. Or it didn't even ask. You know, did you mean blah blah blah, or did you mean <laughs> that I'm full of blah blah blah? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, lastly, should I turn, should I just turn the other cheek? And you know, you're going to see like, I, I think 85, 90% of the time should just turn the other cheek. Yeah. That, that's my rule of thumb. That's my rule of thumb. So here's what I, I, I wrote down when you're dealing with a fool answering a fool. And I took my, my answers from the Bible. I really researched this. So when answering a fool, Proverbs 26, Solomon, of all people, the wisest man who ever lived, is giving us insight as to what to do when a fool comes to you. So Proverbs 26, 4 and 5 says, very interesting, you see, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Mm -hmm. Now that's good enough, but the very next verse kind of makes you puzzled. Solomon says, 
Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Now, wait a minute. Um, King Solomon, uh, dude, uh, verse 4, you say, do not answer a fool according to his folly. And verse 5, you're saying, answer a fool according to his folly. So which is it? Well, here's the thing. See, Solomon was the wisest of men. He's basically saying to discern the folly mm -hmm. or the fool himself. Discern. Is it a time to not answer this fool according to his folly? Is this going to lead me to be just like him? Or is this a time to enlighten this fool? You know, to give him something to think about. To give him something reply. to think about, lest he be wise in, in, in his own eyes. So Solomon is, is giving us the two, one after the other, boom, boom, mm -hmm. one, two punch. But he's inviting us to great discernment, great yeah. discernment when you're dealing with a fool. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're answering someone angry, now there's fools that are going to come against you. Now there's angry people that are going to come against you. Those, those you've offended, those who, who want to set you straight, those, those who are attacking you violently. Proverbs 15.1, and then that's a classic. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So obviously, if someone comes to you in great anger, it's always best to give a polite answer or, or a gentle, a gentle answer, to be gentle in your answer. You don't want to answer him. You don't want to fight fire with fire because it's just going to bring an inferno online. And like Liz said, you're going to have this whole thread of, of, of comment after comment and, 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 and counter comment and people jumping in and, and everything's going to go out of whack. And it's funny because sometimes this happens and, and I see it. And, and I, maybe I shouldn't do that, but sometimes I go on someone is thread and they're, in, they're asking an interesting question. And then I see like, wow, 128 comments. <laughs> so, so I start reading and scrolling and I'm like, I'm smiling because it's kind of funny because you see people are going at it, going at it. And then what I do is, and, and I shouldn't do that, but I do that sometimes. I post the, the GIF of the, the guy eating popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> but I shouldn't do that. But answering someone angry, always uh, first turn to the gentle answer because you never know. You never know. That should be your first thing or no answer at all. It's better to, if you're going to give an answer, give a gentle one or none at all, but don't feed the fire by, by giving back the same thing. Yeah. Now, answering someone who questions your faith, you're in ministry, you've got a platform, and sometimes you get people who are searching. They're, they fell on your live. They fell on your thing. They're searching. And sometimes these people, like I said, they can be uh, a little awkward. They're going to mm -hmm. ask a question. They sound a little arrogant. Because they, they, they might sound arrogant, but you're not sure. You're like, yeah. is he is he testing me? Is he being arrogant? Is he being proud? Or is he really asking a question and he's wanting an answer? And and First Peter three fifteen gives us something good here. It says, "Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts." always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. See, Peter Peter was prompt. Huh? We, we know that the apostle Peter was prompt. He, he was one of those guys who gave an answer uh, always very fast, very quickly. He was prompt. But he, he's learned his lesson. When he wrote this, he says, so always be ready to give an answer, and yet with gentleness and reverence answering with grace and i think 
Thomas uh, just put that right there. Awesome. Uh, Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. And I think that verse really sums up what we're, what we're teaching here today, uh, grace and yet salt. And salt, salt serves many purposes. Huh? You put salt on a wound, it's going to purify, but it can hurt. It can sting. Uh, salt, salt has all these different uses. So salt, saltiness adds flavor, but yet the grace balances it out. So you don't want to just give salt, but you want to give grace as well. So it's always good to give a, a, an answer that's going to cover these bases. So a, a rule of thumb, and I'm going to give the rule of thumb here online with haters, with people. There's so many common uh, comments that are going to come at you. My rule of thumb, okay, the thing I go to is ignore people who come against you. And I'm not saying this to do it all the time. You need to use discernment to know when to do this. But I, I would say 85% of the time, it's going to be a good practice. Unless you can pull a Matthew 5, 44 and 45. Now, now this is for the really, really godly people among us. I am not there yet. I wish I was. I really do. I really wish I was. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44 and 45, he says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So if you can do that, kudos to you. Awesome. Right. Fantastic. That's what that's the that's the mm -hmm. uh, the, the benchmark. That's what we should uh, want for mm -hmm. our spiritual lives, for us to be at the level to be at. Yeah. But if you can't, well, the next best thing is to just keep scrolling. Keep mm -hmm. scrolling. Don't put fire. Don't put oil in the fire. Mm -hmm. And always show I, I think I think this uh, verse is easier to apply when you really look at the motive and the uh, lens of, you know, why is this person saying a certain thing, right? So if this person is saying a certain thing and the Lord gives you that insight, you know, uh, maybe it's it's because of a religious spirit that he feels this way. Maybe he's been indoctrinated a certain way. You, you Most of the time you can tell by just the comments, the kind of comments that they give. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it's because people have been deceived. So I found it easier to apply this and to pray and to say, I, I I kind of t I change it. So basically what I do is I say, okay, what is this person struggling with that I need to know? Like, Lord, how do we fix somebody like that? What is it that they're dealing with? How have they been deceived by the enemy? And how can I prepare content to help uh, other people that are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I use it more as a one person experiential thing. Now, sometimes you can't always do that depending on what the topic is, but a lot of times you can create content thinking, you know what, if he's out there, there's other people out there struggling with this kind of deception or this kind of a way of thinking, what can I do if this lines up with 
your ministry and, and who you're trying to help, then you can, you know, pre prepare content educating. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, I'm going to do a video, a rant video or whatnot saying, you know, these people did this and these people, people yeah, did that. The, why yeah. not just do the exact opposite? Try to look from a lens of where they're coming from, how they're feeling, what they're dealing with, maybe the deception they've been dealing with and say, I'm going to prepare content to help people like that yeah. to see truth, you know, so that they, they are able to, because, you know, sometimes indirect information sinks in better then writing back and this person feeling accused directly yeah. then, you know, or go see my blog post. I did this blog post about this topic and it's going to answer your question. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's a little too in your face for some people. So sometimes just, um, you know, I've seen many entrepreneurs do this. Like I've seen many do this. So basically what they do is instead of acknowledging the troll that, you know, um, you know, and they most of the time they get a lot of haters on their feeds, you know, trying to defend each other and this and that. So what they do is the exact opposite. They'll say, okay, well, this person obviously clearly doesn't understand this part of how we do things in our industry. So I'm going to teach the whole audience what to do in this case. Oh, yeah. And then they basically just educate and just educate and just edit educate and you know and and if the person just doesn't like it it's like basically look this is not for everybody this kind of content is not for everybody if it if it doesn't you know float your boat it doesn't it's not your thing there's other broadcasts you can go watch that's the kind of approach that yeah. a lot of people should have online but the same thing applies to ministry i mean and, yeah. and sometimes you're going to have uh, a hater that brings up a point in such a way that's very fiery or incendiary you don't want to reply to that but they might bring up a point like she said that you know for a fact that it's it's not something that's isolated it's something that you've seen quite a bit yeah and that makes that makes for great broadcast it gives you a now word and it gives you something to pray for like in this bible verse you know i had a situation like that where um, something like that really, really got me uh, ang kind of angry at first. And then the Holy Spirit was showing me that, no, you know, this person was deceived. Like mm. this person um, was talking out of deception and, and had this religious spirit blinding them. And then I asked the Lord, I said, what, what do I do with somebody like that? Like, how do I fix this? How do I help somebody like that? Because there's others like him, mm -hmm. you know, and then the Lord showed me certain things. And then I said, you know what, we should do a video about this, Sebastian. She's and then, done that. and yeah. then let, let's prepare this kind of content and the Holy spirit will just give us downloads and, and this and that, and okay, go in this direction. So you're basically being productive for the kingdom of God because you're helping and not, uh, not, uh, causing more calamity or more strife, you're actually helping the body of Christ get through different obstacles that they may be going through. Yeah. And, and we mentioned, I think it was you who mentioned that earlier, that the people coming against you, you know, Paul says we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And that is so mm. important to remind yourself yeah. that most times, the people coming against you, it's the spirit in them that hates the spirit in you or that hates the spirit in which you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So it's spirit against spirit. It's a spiritual war happening, a spiritual conflict. So you don't want to start hating on the person, 
but you need to understand what is at stake, what is going on in the back, uh, the backstage uh, thing. So you need to understand that it's a spiritual warfare that we're going through. And that when you get these haters, these people coming against you, sometimes very, very uh, mean, very, very uh, incendiary, you need to tell yourself this is spiritual warfare. In most cases, it is yeah. spiritual warfare and it's demonic. So it's a demon in the person coming against you. And see, that's another thing that and we're not going to open that kind of worms tonight. But uh, Christians, believers can have demons. Mm -hmm. They can have demons attached. If to you them. don't believe that, go look at Derek Prince's ministry. And, He'll and talk to you all about it. <laughs> Win Worley, Derek Prince. There's and uh, there's tons of them. But there, Well, there's doors that people can open it doesn't mean that they're possessed but it just means that the 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 demonic the the demonic spirit will try to um convince them of a certain no thing. and i think just quickly oppression is when demons are outside of you putting pressure mm. demonizations is when demons are inside of you having uh, making you do things or think things that are not really you but you're not possessed now possession it's very simple. The term explains it. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You are possessed. You are belonging to someone else. So the lights are on, but nobody's home. Possession is very rare. Ask any deliverance minister. They're going to tell you this is this is not the most cases they have to deal with. 90% mm -hmm. of the cases they deal with is demonization or oppression. But but possession is a whole new ballgame. And that's, that's yeah. that, that takes hours to, to deal with in most cases, unless the person has a a tremendous anointing and, and, and have been fasting and praying for, for days and then they come against a demon just like Jesus, boom, you're out. But uh, the point is there's these three levels and I think it's important that people know that. Yeah, and so, um, you know, I, I encourage you to listen to John Ramirez, to listen to Derek Prince, um, to understand more about the spiritual world, to know what you're up against and what spirit sometimes can be affecting believers, can be affecting the, the body of Christ, especially if you're in ministry, if you're a leader. Um, you know, I, I heard a story. I was listening to Derek Prince, a very godly man, and uh, he was talking about, um, you know, every year at Christmas time, they would reunite to, with him and his family, mm -hmm. and they would, um, you know, he said that most of his family were children that were adopted. So, and then they had children and it, he said that he noticed that they all kind of had like some kind of a competition with each other. Like whose children am I going to prefer or love more? You know, who's going to get more attention and kind of like competition in the, in the conversations. And we've seen that a lot, right. Uh, in all kinds of families. And, um, and he said, you know, he, he didn't like that. He could feel in his spirit that that was just said, wrong. His term, what, the way he said it is that you could feel as the evening would go along. There was a tension. The, 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 the tension, would the sh there, was a, there would be a shift in the spirit and the, the, the atmosphere would change. Yeah. And so he, he could sense it and he prayed about it and he asked the, the Holy Spirit, he asked the Lord to show him. And the God showed him that it was self-righteousness that was affecting his family and that it started because of him, because of his wife before she passed away. And uh, he said, you know, it, it could be very, very dangerous. You, you know, you try to do the right thing and you're, you want to be godly and you want to do the right thing in ministry, but sometimes you don't see it, but there's a fine line mm. where you can become self-righteous. And that uh, spirit was basically causing this in the family. And he had to, 
prayed off. He had to rebuke it and cast it out and uh, cast it away. And he prayed over his family. Um, he prayed in his room and he prayed for that to leave the, the family. And uh, then when he went back to, to the their reunion the next day or that evening, he said he could feel a peace mm. that, that it was lifted and that there was, you know, genuine joy and love for each other. And, you know, the body of Christ needs to be that way. We need to be united. We need to be working together against the enemy. And that's what's yeah. difficult right now is that so many in the body of Christ are so divided and don't want to work together. They're too busy, you know, um, telling each other that they have false doctrine or that, you know, they believe in the prophetic and therefore, you know, that's wrong and look at the prophets and look at this. And because they're just like looking at the physical that's happening right now and not understanding the spiritual world. And basically it's because they don't understand what's going on. Right. So it's really important for us to try to be together in unity and understand how these people, you know, are sometimes are deceived, but not to hate them and not to go against them and, you know, to send them death threats or death emails or whatever, because it's just wrong. God doesn't want us to, to behave that way. We have to really, as, as leaders, we have to really um, prepare our content to help and build up the body of Christ mm -hmm. to be united, to understand each other and to, to really uh, be like the super glue because the enemy, I don't think, you know, I don't think that people realize how the enemy is working over time against us and, you know, has everything into place. And, you know, um, sometimes Christians are kind of like uh, wounded soldiers mm -hmm. that kind of are bickering, bickering against each other. And that's not a really strong army, is it? So if we want to be uh, united, if we want to be strong against the enemy, especially with, you know, we're going towards the end times, we have to be now more than ever. It's not the time to be, you know, having theological disputes and hating people and their ministry and judging them, uh, you know, for what they don't see happening in the physical right now. Absolutely. I, and I love that you brought that up. And uh, well, I, I, I'm. I think we, we, we've covered pretty, pretty much, much. Yeah, we've covered everything. I mean, how to deal with trolls, moles, and online haters? That was our subject tonight. And we know, we know for a fact that it probably there's one thing, there's something that we said that must have helped you if you're in any kind of online ministry, or even if you're not. Every, everybody has a, a social media account. And I've had, I've had disputes with people coming against them, even if they don't have a big platform. Yeah. Or maybe uh, an aunt that hates the fact that you're a Christian at supper time. At supper time on Christmas. <laughs> on Christmas. And it gives her, it gives you her opinion. Well, we all have uh, to deal with these situations. And uh, it's good to see what the biblical angle is. And of course, we could have gone on and, and, and there was other notes that I took, but I, I didn't want to go there. Uh, it would have been just too long. But man, it, it, we're in a time where we need grace, we need salt, uh, we need um, we need balance. We need to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And if we can marry these two things together, we're going to be the type of person that will not get intimidated or or will not let uh, the attacks affect us, while not re rendering evil for evil at the same time. So this is what we're supposed to do online.
Exactly. So please go to thrivingonpurpose.com to see our other podcasts. Uh, we have many, many episodes for you to watch and free resources. So be blessed. Uh, before we, we be, yep. I'm just, I just want to say how much I appreciate you coming on tonight. She doesn't usually come on Monday nights, but this was amazing. And you had a lot of insight and I knew you would, because this is something you're very familiar with having been doing online business and online, all kinds of stuff for years now. Uh, and I appreciate your input tonight because you, you had a lot <laughs> to bring. And I think that really added a new, uh, another dimension. than if it would have been just me. So it, uh, all those who want her to come back on Monday night, say, I okay. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Well, I, I, um, I do homeschooling and a bunch of other things. Yeah, so that's why I committed to Wednesday night, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so be blessed. And thrive on. And we'll see you next time. Oh, make sure you join us Wednesday night. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be continuing our series on kingdom leadership. And so far, so good. And it's the third episode we're doing about, about kingdom leadership. And remember, if you're in the kingdom, if you're a believer, automatically there is a leadership call on your life and you cannot ignore it. So please join us this Wednesday. Amen to that. Oh, and, and tomorrow we'll be on where? Uh, we're going to be on Deborah Cargill's um, ministry page, I believe. Absolutely, yeah. So you can check out our profiles, uh, either Elizabeth Richard or Sebastian Richard. And we'll also put it on the Thriving on Purpose page on Facebook. And we're going to be, uh, we're going to be a guest and, and she, she wants to address love marriage yeah we're going to be talking about relationships relationships and, uh basically uh being in ministry together what that looks like and uh you know our our ups and downs and we're going to be talking with uh ronald norwood and kelly norwood as well so we're going to be two couples so it's going to be fun that's going to be fun uh we're going to be doing that tomorrow night so that's uh when's what are we that's tuesday tuesday, uh, tuesday at seven eastern standard time yeah. Uh, on Deborah Cargo. Cargo. All right. So we'll see you uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and be blessed. Be blessed and thrive on. Bye bye.